I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hi fellow football fan. For this podcast, we traveled to South London to meet up with Arsenal talent Reese Nelson. He's from South London and we met at his old primary school where he was opening an AstroTurf pitch he paid for. Reese Nelson made it as a professional footballer, but he saw lots of talented kids from his neighborhood take a different path in life, ending up in jail or falling victim to knife crime. That's why he dedicates his time and money to his old neighborhood, where we met. My name is Sam Verraalte, and welcome to the 433 Podcast. Ball played in! We met Reese in a classroom of the Michael Faraday Primary School, the school where Reese spent the majority of his childhood. I started the conversation by asking Reese why it's important to him to do something like this for his former school. It's important to me because, of course, I feel like giving back is a big part of who I am. And especially coming from South London, I don't feel like there's a lot of good things that happen in terms of giving back to the community, giving back to primary schools. And I think that's something they need, you know, a natural pitch is something they can use. And I hope they use for a long time and the next generation uses it and uh, it becomes good or something. Yeah. You grew up around yeah. the corner, right? Uh-huh. I, I literally just grew up like, like one second away from the primary school. So my journey was literally me jumping out of bed, brushing my teeth and running downstairs and literally walking two meters into my school, you know, so it was, it was great. I know some people have to travel quite a lot, quite far to go to school, but literally mine was less than 10 seconds. You know, I used to hear the bell ring and I used to just run my fastest and just get into class. Cool. Yeah, it's good to see you smile immediately when you're talking about your childhood. Mm-hmm. So when you grew up here as a kid, you know, what comes to mind? How would you describe your childhood? Um, my childhood growing up here was, um, I just remember just being out all the time with my friends and my, my brother's friends, you know. The way I grew up is a, it's a big estate with a lot of landings and uh, connected buildings, you know. So it would be a thing where I would have my friends, literally like there's doors each side of us, like next door neighbours and all my friends would be there, you know. So it would just be a thing I remember waking up in the mornings and in the, in the afternoons and just knocking for my friends and we would be going playing football, we would go on bike rides, we would be playing runouts, all these different types of games, you know, but I just remember from my childhood just everyone just being like very integrated and feeling loved and everything was just so good and happy, you know, so it was just amazing. 
Sounds like there was a real sense of community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's like the, the main thing when you mention like the states. I feel like some people get like the bad things out of the states, you know, but for me, I feel like community is, is everything. Everyone's into one, everyone wants to look after each other. And I feel like that's like the main thing. And that's why I feel like everyone from the states is like, they go on to do good stuff because everyone behind them is backing them and wanting them to do good. Hmm. How do you think this shapes your mentality? Um, I feel like it shapes my mentality in the right way, you know. I feel like um, a lot of young players, they are, they don't really, of course, they might not want to give back, but they don't give back in the right way, you know. I feel like me doing this, giving back to my to my primary school is only going to shape me to maybe help the younger generation to see, okay, oh, Reese came to this school, Reese was a pupil once here, and maybe if that can give just one, two children the just the division to see that they can maybe do that when they're older, that's that's what I would wish for, you know, just to just to give them the encouragement and the vision to that for something like this can be done, you know, even coming from a place like like mine, you know, because I feel like from outside of looking in you can probably see all the the estates and the buildings and the knife crime and all the stuff that happens around here and might not get the best out of it, you know, but like I said, it looks rough and it, it might look not not the best but people inside makes the community and the people have good hearts, big hearts, and they're just like any other person in any other area. Yeah, you mentioned the knife crime. Where I'm from, the Netherlands, that's mm -hmm. also a problem that seems yeah. to grow every year. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and um, and it's a very, um, I think it's a very difficult problem to tackle for uh, yeah. governments and uh, and stuff. So what are what are your experiences with that? You know, what did you see when you were growing up, uh, how it impacted the community? Um, I feel like, I feel like it's getting worse nowadays rather than back before, you know. Like I said before, I was out from when I was eight, seven years old with my brothers, all my older friends, and we would be on my estate until nine, ten o'clock at night. It might sound a bit far-fetched, but that's what I was doing, you know. And it would be a thing where I can walk to all different other areas now and, and feel comfortable and know everyone on the area. But I feel like nowadays it's a thing where, like you said, the knife crime is, 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 very, is very deep and I feel like it's it's only going to get worse if the right things don't get put in place. You know, I feel like the community, the community workers, like Sace is here and he's one of the key people in the community that kind of keep all this stuff out of, out of line. So he, he's the one that controls it all, you know, so he might have little hubs and little places where they can go and chill. Instead of them doing the wrong stuff on the streets, they might go somewhere where they can play table tennis, they can have food, they can talk to someone. And it's like they're not really reacting to things, you know, and I feel like that's what you need. I think young people, when something does happen, something bad, they kind of want to react straight away, you know, where if you have someone that can literally catch them in a the moment and say, okay, look, if you do this, this might react to you going in prison for this time, or this might react to you losing your career or you hurting someone else, where I feel like we have to like kind of knuckle down on that in terms of being much more just much more on our toes and looking out for things and seeing what we can do to help the younger children because literally they're the, they're the next generation and they're the ones that's going to be helping us in the future, you know, so I feel like that's, that's, that's what I would do if I, was, if I was in charge, you know. Reese mentioned his friend Says here. He's an older guy from the neighborhood and the man who scouted Reese when he was playing in the streets as a kid. Says became Reese's first football coach and they've kept in touch ever since. We met Says outside of the school, at the block where Reese grew up. Here's Says. We grew up on the same estate, so I grew up here. I actually started my school, schooling here at Michael Faraday, four to five. And then I went down the estate to another school. But um, 
I just understood him and all the boys in the area and the girls that we coached. And that team was very successful. We won the London Youth Games at the under 11s age, the minis we used to call them. So they were 10 and 11. And they were just a fantastic bunch of you know young people, but they played some of the best football I've ever seen in my life. And just having Jaden and Reed. I think, that the goes, I think that goes to your 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 uh, tactics though, because I remember coming there and I just thought, okay, I'm just gonna play a normal game. Yeah. Like in here, I'll get the ball and just shoot. I'll yeah, yeah. Say like, no, you have to pass this. You got to do this. And, yeah. uh, and I think it's really about honing your skills that you had and just trying to have a bigger view of the game. Um, and I think. That's what we did. It was an environment to learn, and I was learning from these guys, you know, which was so important. And I think we all learned and grew together. And because we came from the same area, we had that same passion for football, and that's what really brought us together. But being in this area was difficult, you know, and coming together was so important for us and yeah. just understanding those journeys. So that's what I've tried to do over the last 24 years in the community, just support young people like, such as Reese. You know, it's come full circle. You know, he's now in a position to provide for the community. Um, I'm also working in community with my organisation Mentivity and we're just trying to support young people, you know, through sports and through mentoring and trying to raise their aspirations by linking to their passions and a lot of young people in South East London, especially on this estate, are passionate about football. So we've got to use that um, to, to, you know, help change their trajectories and make them more positive in life. So for me, this is an amazing initiative and it's just a start, you know, yeah, it's just a start and I'm just happy to be part of the team and supporting him on this journey because it means so much to us, you know, it really does. Back in the cosy classroom, I asked Breeze about his friends growing up and what happened to some of the kids who didn't manage to become as successful. Here's Reese. I feel like I've always been with the older children, you know, so I've, I've literally seen everything you can imagine I've seen on the estate happen, you know, good and bad. And it's a thing where I feel like I'm not one of them kids that kind of uh, grew up in the estate, then leave the estate and then come back. I'm here every week. I was here a couple of days ago, you know, so it's like I kind of check with my community all the time just to see how things are going and if I can help. And um, like I said, this is one of the things I kind of done today is with the pitch. And that's what I want to do throughout the throughout my career. You know, I don't just want to do something once and then then that's it and I walk away and people never see me again. I want to do something and I want to build a project that's for a, for a lifetime that's only going to help people and that people can see this and kind of want to start kind of doing the same thing and then we can just build like an empire together and everyone kind of rises together, you know. Mm, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, so, yeah. so your trajectory has been uh, very good in life, right? Yeah. Did you see from friends close to you that they took a different route? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to say too much, but one of my close friends, um, he will, he lived just down the road, he lived about 10, 15 minutes, and um, for me, he was one of the, the most talented guys I've seen play football, like, on the same level as me, but at the time, he just really was really didn't really want to play football, you know, he wanted to do other stuff, you know, and um, I managed to get him a trial at Arsenal when he was about uh, 10, 11 years old, and on the first day, Liam Brady wanted to sign him direct, you know, and he got signed. Like this had never happened before, you know. And um, they signed him. They gave him a two. They gave him a two-year contract. And um, it was a thing where, if I wasn't going to train him, sometimes he would. He wouldn't want to go, you know, because he wanted to do things together. And I think at that young age, you kind of need to have that professionalism, even at a young age, to to say, you know what, if Reese ain't going to train, I'm still going to go training, you know. But he kind of took it as a joke where he was so talented, where he didn't really care, you know. He would just be like, hey, I will just go there when I want, do that when I want, you know. And um, Arsenal started to notice this and started to be a bit wary of his behaviour patterns and stuff like that. And then uh, two years down the line, it was um, the scholarship years, so where you get your scholarships. And at the time, I think they offered us both a, 
a one-year scholarship and uh, to move up to London Corny with the first team. And um, like he just he just kind of laughed me and said, "Reese, like, not and not being funny, but I don't I don't really need this, you know. I'm getting money doing other stuff on the road that that I don't really need to sign a scholarship and 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 be there where I can do other stuff, you know. And I, I've tried to get into his head where we we signed this and then in a few years you sign a professional contract and that's when you start seeing proper money and stuff like that, you know. But I feel like when you're in certain areas like like South London, you've got people around you that kind of they kind of get into your head, you know, saying, okay." You can do this, this and that and still play football, but in real life that doesn't work, you know, you're not living in a fairyland where you can do both things and feel like you're still going to go to the top. So yeah, it was a thing where I went on to do that, he was still doing the other stuff in the area and um, yeah, he ended up going in prison and yeah, it's, it's a shame, you know, because he's one of my close, close friends and this is a story they still say awesome to this day in terms of how two people's lives can change, like literally within within seconds, you know, with making the wrong decisions. So, like I said, me seeing that from a young age, this is why I want to do things like this, to literally help people and not let them get sucked into doing the wrong stuff, you know. And that's just that's just one story. I've got other friends that do the exact, that's done exactly the same thing, playing football, playing music, but chose to just do the other side of stuff. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you scroll over Reese's Instagram page, his oldest post is a picture with his mother. All that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother, he wrote in the caption. I asked Reese what motivated him to post this. I feel like, I think that was my first Champions League game, you know, for Hoffenheim. And um, my mum, she's just she's like the rock of the family, you know, so I feel like everything I do, like I said on the post, is like literally everything I do is for my mum, you know. The things I'm doing here today, I wouldn't have got this unless my mum has brought me up with the right mannerisms, the, the right things and just the right way of life, you know. So I feel like, yeah, it's just a thing where I'm, I'm just so close to my family, especially my mum, and she's just done a great job of raising her children in the right way. So, yeah, pat on her back for my mum, you know. <laughs> Can you give me an example of something you did and she corrected you or taught you a lesson? Like, um, There's been a lot, there's been a lot, you know, just like... Just like little ones in the house, I remember I used to be. I used to play with like a, um, like you know the air floaters you play. You know the little footballs where you kick it and it goes everywhere. You know, and um, I remember I was um, playing once in the house and my uh, my her mother that like, sadly passed away. She was blind, you know, and a lot of the time my mum would say you can't play football in the house. Don't do this in the house. Don't do that. You know, and I remember I was like no mum don't worry I'm good I'm good. And I used to tell mum to go and go. You know, I used to say to my mum. Don't worry, I'm going to be a professional footballer. Don't worry. I used to say it all the time, every day. 
this going goal, please, this last one. And I remember I kicked it, but harder than I should have, you know? And it hit the TV and it, it, my nan was like drinking a hot tea and it like kind of splashed onto my nan and it was just like terrible, you know? And I literally got, I used to live next door to my nan and I remember that day she said, get out of the house. And literally like, she said, showered at me and I had to, literally had to leave the house. I wasn't allowed back for two days, you know? And I was just ended up sitting in the house for two days in the, in the darkness. So yeah, that was one of the, one of the bad days. That's a good story. Yeah. As a kid, Reese excelled at football. He was picked up by the Arsenal Academy when he was eight. But for a long time, he didn't see football as a way to earn a living. For me, I never thought I would become a pro. I always had the intentions and the work effort to just to keep going and going and going no matter what, you know. I didn't really look at it as like, okay, I'm at this level now. I feel like I'm going to make it pro by this age. I just, from, from a young age, like I said, in, inside the house, I would just be always consistent of just playing football, 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 every day. Like, if you ask anyone from the area, like, what was Reece, what was Reece like growing up, they will say, the first thing I can say, he had a, had a boy at his feet everywhere. No matter if I'm going to a bloody party, going to get food, like, I always had the boy at my feet, you know. So, it was one of the things where I, I used to just train like mad and just give 110%. Like I said, when my friends are doing other stuff, I was the one that's not doing it and literally going to train, you know. But I feel like I signed to um, Arsenal when I was eight. And um, before that, I was playing for some some Sunday teams and a lot of little um, community teams, you know. And, um, yeah, it used to be a thing where I would just get the ball and run past everyone, you know. So a lot of the times, the people would go out to my family and say, oh, this guy's going to be special, you know. But like I said, I didn't really listen to it, you know, until... <laughs> I actually took the step up to Arsenal when I was eight, nine years old and they wanted to sign me and give me a contract and then, then I kind of started to realise, OK, like, this, could, this could get a bit serious. Reese was loaned out to Hoffenheim as a teenager. Now, I've been to Hoffenheim for other stories before and that club is in the middle of nowhere in Germany. It's near a village with not much to do. So, for young Reese, this was a challenge. It was hard, you know, but I feel like... Um, I think I adapt well to things. I feel like I kind of knew what I was there to do, you know. Of course, my personal life, of course, living in London, living in South London, you're used to just going out with your friends, having fun, having your family around, eating food, like just enjoying, you know. I feel like in Heidelberg, I knew I kind of, I was on a mission, you know. I kind of got, um, I told the coach I want to go out and learn, I want to prove myself, and I want to kind of break into the Arsenal team, so... That was only on my mind, you know, so me living in Heidelberg, it was, it was, it was fine, you know, because I knew what I would be doing is I'll be going to train and coming home, playing games and going back, you know. And I made some good friends out there, so it was, it was nice, you know, but of course, the city is nice in its own way, it's more like peaceful. It kind of made me mature in terms of maybe I'll be getting like going to get like a tea or coffee instead of doing something else, you know, so yeah, but it was good. Reese was only 18 years old when he made his debut for Arsenal. He subsequently made the loan move to Hafenheim and returned to Arsenal in 2019. He was promoted to the first team and scored a crucial goal against Liverpool in 2020. But he had to deal with several injuries as well that season. His body had to get used to regular playing time at this level. So Reese was loaned out once more in the 2021-2022 season to Feyenoord in the Dutch Eredivisie. Injuries for me has been tough, you know. I feel like whenever I've got an opportunity, I've done really well. But then my body kind of breaks down in terms of playing a lot of matches because, of course, when you're playing a lot of matches, your body might not get used to it. You know, and I think that's something I've kind of had to 
to battle with throughout my career, but I felt like I've done a lot of stuff in the background, working certain muscles and like just building my strength, you know. And that was the, one of the things that um, finally where I went there. And um, I didn't feel 100% good in my body, but I kind of just said, you know, I need to this, I need to go, I need to, I need to, this is my next step in my career, you know. So I knew I, I went out there feeling a bit, not 100%, you know, but I was thinking to myself, this is only something maybe for a week or two that I could get back into the team, you know, but unfortunately it kind of lasted much longer than that one to two months. And of course, when you're on loan straight away, the fans want to see you. I think they made it like a, a big thing of like a London boy going to Rotterdam. I don't think it's happened before, you know, so of course the fans wanted to see me, the coaches, the players and everything. So it was a thing where I was watching from the sidelines for the first one, two months, you know, it was hard for me mentally and physically, you know, but of course I'd done what I could to just to try and try and get back straight, straight, you know, and um, the the coaching staff, the backroom staff was very good to me because they give me the, they give me the encouragement, they give me the little tasks to do. I was coming in like an hour early working with the, the physios and the sports science there, which was amazing to get me back to full fitness. And I think once I did do that, I think the journey just kind of went like that, you know. I think at the start it was kind of, it was just, it wasn't going down, but it was just, just at a path, it was just at a place where it was just, it was just really difficult, you know. And um, like I said, I mentioned the, the manager as well helped me quite a lot. And he just said, the main thing you need to do is just get your body and your mind right. And once that's, that's good, I know like you can do so well. And um, yeah, it went on to do really, really good. And luckily, unluckily we got, um, we got beat in the in the finals, but of course we had an amazing team, and I think everyone from that team's gone on to do amazing stuff. Went to all different teams all over the world, and that's credit to the coach and all the backroom staff. Yeah, finally they also have pretty intense fan base, right? Um, yeah, the stadium, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, over yeah. fifty thousand people, and there is even a word for it in the Netherlands, "kuipvrees," which means like players become afraid when they play for final yeah, for yeah. the first time. Did you experience that at all? Uh, not really. Um, the only time I thought I was gonna, they was gonna get me was when I just come off an injury and I came on against Ajax and we was losing one 0 you know, and of course that's like one of the biggest games of the of the year, you know, and even before that when I was like walking out in the streets and stuff, they'll be like, Nelson, Ajax is in two weeks, you better be ready, Nelson, you got to kill them, Nelson, 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 and I was thinking, God, like these guys are really wanting to do our team against Ajax, you know, so um, yeah, I remember I've come on. I've had a, I've, no, I think someone got injured. I think someone got injured and I came on the first half. I wasn't supposed to play it because I just, I just come off an injury, you know. And I came on, I done really, really well. Like, I was killing the game. And then I remember the ball got played in behind and my right back ran in behind me, you know. And I was like, no, no, no. I was trying to get it back, but I couldn't catch him. And then I tried to nick the ball in the box and then the guy's gone down and they give a penalty away, you know. And I was just thinking in my head, oh, no, you know. But um, literally, like, I thought that would be a thing where the fans would go crazy, you know, because any other player I heard, if they make any mistakes against Ajax, the fans killed them and, like, you're kind of finished, you know. But literally from that day, that's when I felt the fans were, became just in love with me and, like, proper giving me the encouragement, the strength I needed to, to literally go on and have a great second half of the season. So, yeah. Reese is now back at Arsenal after a successful loan spell at Feyenoord. He's getting more and more playing time and scored a brace against Nottingham Forest in the Premier League earlier this season. And Reece Nelson flies with a skill. Good save, Nelson again. 2-0 to Arsenal. He follows it up. And Arsenal have doubled their lead. Full played in. 3-0. Nelson again. Reece Nelson has doubled his tally. And Arsenal are now coasting away with this. 
it feels good. It feels really good. You know, I feel like I'm getting back into my rhythm. It feels like I, I'm much more confident on the ball. I want the ball. I feel like I'm not scared of any opponents or anything like that. I feel like I can literally just get the ball and do my thing and just have a freedom to play. And I feel like as a young player, sometimes you might lack that. You know, you might not feel that you can pick up the ball in any position and turn and, and drive out a defender and get a shot off, you know, where I feel like now I'm coming back into my form and I'm feeling really confident just to just to play how I normally play and, and I know how I can play. Yeah. So I heard that apart from what we're doing here today, you're also planning different uh, other philanthropic mm -hmm. uh, yeah. projects. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, not too much. I can tell you a little bit. Uh, so basically, uh, like I said today, um, my main thing is just helping to give it back, you know, and um, it's based around community. And of course, this is only this is only one thing about the pitch. But of course, I have a, a idea that I've had for a long time that I've been building with my team called the Nelson. And it's basically just a, I want to kind of create a, pay, a cage environment where it's just different. Instead of just being the basic AstroTurf cage, I kind of want to make it much more detailed and much more fun. I'm much more safe, really, you know, and I feel like with that, it's going to have like cameras, different lights. It's, it's just going to be amazing, you know, but like I said, it's just going to be based around community. And I feel like people are going to enjoy going to this cage instead of going to a basic cage where it's just, it might just be, um, the way the cages I used to go to just just be concrete with two goals and it was just boring. After playing it for two, three hours, you would just get bored, you know. But the cage that I'm kind of inventing is, is the Nelson and it's going to be something that's going to just, you're just never gonna, gonna want to leave it, you know. You're just gonna want to stay there and play different modes. And I can't say too much, but it's it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful how things can come full circle, right? Yeah, of course. You know, like this is this is something I want to do. The first thing was me to get back to my school because I feel like that's my main passion. This is something I had in my head from a young boy coming to the school. We said, you know what? When I get to this certain level, I want to get back to to the school first and let them have that. But after that, I kind of want to look out for the whole of South London and then go on to conquer Europe and other places, you know. But I feel like the main thing is doing it here first. Once this is done, then going on to the other cage and stuff and literally just transforming cage footwear and making it into a different, different thing that no one's ever seen before. We then headed to the brand new pitch Reese paid for his primary school. There were hundreds of excited kids. Ian Wright even showed up to cut the ribbon with Reese to officially open the pitch. Reese's family was there as well to enjoy the moment, beaming with pride. I spoke to his sister Tessa about this beautiful project. I'm Tessa, Reese's big sister, and being here today absolutely means the world to me, to all of us, um, our whole family. So proud of him. And just seeing him playing with the children, it's, a, it's just, I just can't describe. It's, it's such a lovely, to the kids at the Michael Faraday Primary School were ecstatic. I'm impressed that a young guy like Reese is already so invested in philanthropy off the pitch. How Reese is using the platform he has as a player to improve the lives of young people from South London and beyond. After the grand opening of the pitch, we ended the day with some cheeky Nandos to celebrate. Reese seems like a good guy. I can't wait to see where life will take him, both on and off the pitch. My name is Sam Verhaalte. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 433 Podcast. See you soon.
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.